This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So earlier this year, we caught up with the CEO of Iowa-based Casey's General Stores. The operator of convenience stores in the Midwest reported earnings after the close yesterday. Top analysts' revenue estimates missed on profit. We did see the stock under some pressure uh, after hours and uh, in today's trade. Back with us, though, and delighted to uh, check in with him is Darren Rebellas. He is, as we said, CEO of Casey's General Stores on the phone from Ankeny, Iowa. Hey, Darren, nice to have you back with us. I think we talked to you uh, earlier this year. I know you guys were making some changes, developing a new strategy. That was back in January. How are things going, especially against the backdrop of the last uh, three months? How how much did you guys have to shut down? Well, hi, Carol. Uh, thanks for having me again, and yeah. it's uh, good to catch up with you all. Uh, you know, the first thing I'd, I'd say is uh, I just want to give a shout out to all of our 38,000 team members across our 2,200 stores and distribution centers in the, here in the Midwest. You know, d- just getting through this entire pandemic has been, a, has been a challenge to say the least, but I couldn't be more proud of our team and how they really stepped up and responded to uh, the changes in our operation and the changes in guest behavior and the the various regulatory requirements we had to deal with. And uh, they really did a fantastic job in taking care of their guests and their communities. But in terms of uh, how the business performed, how we had to shut down, we were in various stages of sheltering in place, but we never had to close any of our stores. Right. Excuse me. So we were able to to keep our chain open and we were an essential service. So um, we were, staying open the entire time for our communities. So what changes did you have to make operationally and how did that affect staff and how did that affect staffing? Because obviously you're very concerned, as you mentioned about, you know, the health and safety of your employees, health and safety uh, of customers. What did you have to do? Yeah, Jason, that was really our, our top priority was making sure that we kept our team members and our guests safe throughout this entire period. So, when things first started to happen, we immediately implemented the social distancing measures within our stores and marking off um, safe distances for our guests to stand so we didn't get too close to each other, uh, provided PPE to all of our team members in the stores. We installed plexiglass shields inside of the stores. Um, probably one of the biggest operational changes we had to make was we pulled our self-service food service. Right and made it full serve and uh, so that was a big operational challenge Uh, of course we had enhanced cleaning we changed hours of operations in our stores to provide uh, more at-risk guests a special time where they could come in and shop and uh, and so there's there's a lot of different changes all at once and uh, the team handled it fantastic and so how does that affect, you know, either on a store level or on a, a broader level, the cost structure? Because, you know, this isn't a super high margin business. So I do wonder how that how that plays through. Yeah, there were there were really some puts and takes to that. And, uh, you know, as as guest demand started to drop with the shelter in place orders, we started to make some adjustments to our store operating hours. In some cases, we just didn't need to keep stores open as long as we normally would or 24 hours. So there was a reduction of labor hours on that front, but then that got offset by some of those investments in the safety 
measures that we implemented, but we also gave some special pay for our team members working in the stores and distribution centers to acknowledge all their efforts throughout the crisis, and then some um, additional bonuses for uh, supervisory-level folks that are out in the field making it happen every day. So I do wonder how you see, you know, this experience, um, Darren, and how it kind of shapes longer term the strategy for the company. I mean, what's the impact? Do you you anticipate that a lot of these changes that you made will stay in place? Or is it just until we get a vaccine? How do you see it? Well, you know, in the in the short term, I think, you know, a number of these measures are going to stay in place. I don't I don't see any reason to not wear masks or not have the enhanced cleaning. Uh, We'll leave the plexiglass in place. And, and those sorts of things. Um, but from a strategic standpoint, you know, the thing that is really encouraging to me is once once things sort of settle down a little bit, we uh, created a plan ahead team here that was really tasked with digging into our strategy, forecasting what we saw um, as what we thought might be the new normal and really pressure test our strategy. And I'm really happy to say that for the most part, the things that we set out to do that we uh, discussed the last time we were on the phone and um, through our investor day are still things that we need to do. And so we're going to stay on track with executing against our strategic plan while at the same time uh, dealing with the uh, the effects of the pandemic. Let's continue our conversation with Darren Rebellas. He is the CEO of Casey's General Stores, joining us on the phone from Iowa. And and Darren, I do want to get a sense of what the recovery, what the reopening looks like. I mean, you probably heard some of the headlines we've been talking about here on the East Coast. And, you know, we're sort of parochial creatures here in our little bubble. And (laughs) Carol's in New Jersey and I'm here in the New York suburbs. And we're on phase two, you know, and we're feeling like, (laughs) oh, we can actually have a meal uh, outside. And and Carol's state has just been released from shelter in place. The story has looked different, I think, or at least slightly different, maybe markedly different in different parts of the country. And I wonder what you're seeing across your network of stores. Yeah, sure, Jason. We're well, we're seeing a, a variety of things depending on the state, like, yeah. like you just mentioned. And and so Illinois is our second largest state, and they just lifted the stay at stay-at-home uh, restrictions on June 1st. So they're they're just starting to emerge. But here in Iowa, we've started to open up over the last several weeks, and um, and it's been a, a slow process. Uh, I thought the governor, Kim Reynolds, here did a really nice job of first opening up the counties within the state that had very low instances of uh, coronavirus and, and then gradually opening up the rest of the state. But you we can see things starting to get back to normal it's but it's a slow process traffic is starting to improve a little bit people are going out to restaurants now primarily seating outdoors not not so much indoors yet and i think the restaurants have done a nice job of spacing tables and limiting capacity to try to address that i think we just opened up swimming pools and in fitness centers and that sort of thing in the last week or so and so that process is beginning, um, and then church services are starting to begin as well, but um, at reduced capacity. So I think, generally speaking, everyone's taking a, a very balanced and measured mm-hmm. approach and trying to ease back into things. But it's it's been encouraging to see after being locked up for 
as long as we were. Right. But not so easy if you think about too, Darren, the last couple of weeks. There were rioting, you know, Iowa was not immune from the riots that we've seen in response to what happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis. And I do wonder, man, there's there's so much being talked about in terms of leadership at this time, you know, through the virus, through the rioting and, you know, the injustices and inequalities that we continue to, you know, reveal once again that are in our society. As a leader, you know, all of this has got to shape you. And I just wonder how it has. Well, Carol, clearly what happened with George Floyd was a a travesty and and completely unacceptable. And, And for Casey's you know, our our purpose is to make life better for our communities and guests every day, and and we really take that seriously. And with 2,200 stores, as you can imagine, we serve all types of different communities, and uh, we really try to engage in and be a part of the fabric of those communities that we serve. And so we stay very connected there. You know, from a leadership standpoint, um, I have to say this is this has been an interesting year. Um, certainly, situate situations like that um, complicate things. And then the coronavirus and pandemic have complicated as well. Um, But, you know, what I've learned, and and I was in the military before, and I've learned to um, lead through crises and in dangerous situations before. And what I can tell you is I think um, there's some principles that that are fairly consistent in all these. You know, one is just being very present and in touch with your people and uh, communicating frequently. And that's something that I think we've done a really good job here of is uh, over communicating, if anything else, and staying very close to to our team members and our guests and uh, being the calm in the storm. And, mm. you know, panic has never served anybody in a crisis yeah. situation. And I think we make a, a, a concerted effort to stay calm, stick to the facts. And uh, that allows everybody else to stay calm and uh, we can deal with the situation. And you know, I, I'd have to say I, I couldn't be more proud of our leadership team here, that they really stepped up and, uh, and led uh, from the front in this situation. And I think it's paid off. We've um, we had some great results. We've kept people safe. And uh, you know, we've been able to serve our communities at the same time. Yeah, really interesting. And and I do think about just to sort of round out the conversation, Darren, you know, given your experience at 7-Eleven and I mentioned IHOP sort of jokingly on the way out, although not really jokingly, I do love pancakes, um, as does Carol. But, you know, I, I do wonder, you know, the the future of, of retail and convenience and, and all of these things, you know, what is the sort of permanent effect on this uh, as you see it? Because we know that there will be a, a sort of a, there, this is a solvable health problem, and yet we do know that sort of behavior has changed, you know, between employees and employers, but also between, you know, companies and, and customers. And, and knowing the customer service business as well as you do, what do you think changes? Yeah, I, I think uh, there's always going to be a role for convenience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, when we are able to open everything back up 100% and whether it's through a vaccine or, or something else where everybody feels comfortable again, people are going to get back to their busy lives. I don't think that is ever going to change. And with that busy, hectic lifestyle will always come the need for convenience mm-hmm. and immediate consumption of food and beverages. And so uh, for us, 
we're going to continue to lean in on the prepared food side of our business and continue to innovate there and evolve and make that experience as high quality and as convenient as we can. And I think some of the changes that will probably stay as a result of this pandemic is really, there, there really weren't changes as a result of the pandemic. There were trends that are already happening. Right. They've just been accelerated. So yeah. the digitizing of retail for sure, more home delivery, more curbside pickup. Right. Those sorts of things are, are going to stay. It was already happening. Yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to next time. You're a year into the job. Lot done. What a year. A lot more to do. <laughs> and what a year. Darren Ravella is the CEO of Casey's General Store, joining us from Iowa.